Welcome to X-Rated Movies. This is a podcast by two guys who used to date and now they don't. Now they talk about movies. I'm one half of your host and team, Matthew Fisher. That over there is Matthew Fisher. And I'm... Shit. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we were steamrolling ahead and that just derailed. Boom. Yeah. I am the other half of your hosting team, Ryan Whedon. That's your unruly conductor, Ryan Whedon. I like to think of myself as the chaos element of this podcast. <laughs> the one that literally controls everything in the editing room <laughs> is the chaos element. Okay. Yeah. And today we have a very special guest, award-winning filmmaker, and one of my oldest friends, and uh, I've also known him a really long time, Devin Sheridan. Hello, hello. Yay. Special guest. Well, beside myself. So, Devin, you and Ryan actually have something in common. Oh, boy. You both entered films into Hump. Oh, the amateur porn oh, film festival. Wow, right on. Okay, okay. Did you make it, or were you a starring par- partner? Uh, I'm strictly behind the camera. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mine was uh, "Go Fuck Yourself" was the name of it, and oh. it was a man who goes back in time to have sex with himself to save the planet. How'd that go for him? Varying results. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You got like second prize in like the comedy category. Yeah, uh, comedy runner-up, and then the, they did the tour. And then we ended up going through that. It was the shortest amount of time that I made something, and it made the most money I've ever made from anything. <laughs> wow. so. You got paid to do the tour one? Yeah. Why didn't we get offered to do the tour one? You look at me like I was involved in that. I just feel robbed at this point, like, in so many ways. You should have looked at the small print, man. That's... You actually got naked for that. Yeah. Devin was just behind the camera being like, take it off, baby. Man. It's in your contract. I had to eat some hot guy's ass for that. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, maybe you won at the end of the day for some yeah. other prize. Yeah. You're yeah. all winners in my book. <laughs> <laughs> what year did you enter, Ryan? 2010. And what year did you enter? I want to say 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah, by one year. Wow. Ships crossing in the night. I was hoping to win in the in the humor category, but we got beat out by uh, someone who did an America's Funniest Home Videos parody. Ooh. It was really good because they actually cut in like... Uh, footage of the audience on america's home videos that's laughing good. and stuff that's good it was like porn bloopers it was good yeah we got beat up by um people who had um centaur fetish oh, oh was that that centaur year? fetish yeah, yeah. The, the it was ant, the, the stop, stop motion, motion centaur mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was you, good production to compete with that yeah that that's rough stuff i was fine to take second to that because i remember seeing yours i'm like oh man who knew Devin had it in him <laughs> like that, this is good <laughs> but <Ouch>. yeah <laughs> Well, Devin's actually integral in how I know you. Oh, yeah? Because he introduced me to Blood Squad. Oh, okay. So I may not have been at the Blood Squad show where I met you, if not for Devin. Wow. Hmm. Full circle. Yeah. And we've actually, this is very interesting because we just talked about Blood Squad on the podcast. For oh, the first time, really. Yeah, for nice. the victim episode. Nice. And we've uh, we've since sent out an invitation to them, seeing if they want to come on. Open uh, invitation, not like we didn't email them or call them. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we like, wouldn't it be great if... Well, it's possible they've heard this and have gotten back to us since then. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can I can make some calls. I, oh. I do know them. Oh. Yeah, I did posters for them for many a year. Where were you five weeks ago when we did that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, time, time to... To spread out the messages to through the wire through I don't, how does that all work I don't know. Well, the internet is uh, you know also a web and nets and mm-hmm. and web yep. are very similar. Is this supposed to be like spooky and they're horror? I don't know what you were. I don't know. I think it was we've just all information lost spreading. Tra- I was yeah. just trying to think wow. of. Uh, I don't know. 
Maybe instead of a web, we should just call it like peacock feathers. Just they just go on spread the beautifully. Feathers? The worldwide peacock feathers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. WWPF. <laughs> so off topic. I don't know how you guys even cut a show together. Oh, wait, Devin, besides uh, pornos, what other uh, type of movies have you made? Well, I actually did the 24 hour film contest. Mm. two three years in a row and we did uh we got best ensemble twice which was pretty fun cool remind me what that is again uh you have 24 hours to make a film uh that's five minutes or like shorter. shoot edit rec- write all everything of it. yep 24 hours <laughs> yeah which was <laughs> even some cast members i had to explain to several times like no we only have 24 hours and they're like cool i'm done for the day i'm gonna go it's like i'll see you we tomorrow might, <laughs> we might need you because we have to turn it in and they're like oh cool yeah i'll be back in a couple no now like it's <laughs> So we'll meet up after brunch tomorrow, say (laughs) 28 hours from now. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, we're just going to replace you. And uh, yeah, there's um, some local people I've shot some films for. Um, There's a baker who is also a comedian and she gets high and bakes things and tells you how to make the thing that she bakes, which is an edible usually. And she's a baked baker, which is pretty hilarious. Right on. Yeah. Can I find LeBaked Baker on the Worldwide Peacock Feathers? <laughs> sure, yeah. Okay. It might redirect you to a... I have no pun for you, for YouTube. <laughs> Great. I'll look out for that. We're not here to talk about the internet, though. No, we're here to talk about a Hong Kong kung fu movie. I guess this is your pick. You should introduce it. Yeah. So today's movie is a 1980s Hong Kong action movie that goes by two titles, but the one we're going with is Above the Law. A.K.A. Writing Wrongs. A.K.A. Writing Wrongs. So you can find it either way. And uh, last week I mentioned that I wanted to do this for the podcast based on a single scene that I saw on the internet. Do you care to guess what scene that would be? How, how spoilery is the scene? Because, I mean, depending upon what you say, there's, I guess, a twist in the movie. But I guess it's pretty late in the movie. So Actually, this one doesn't give away anything. Okay. Yeah. Is it just the parking lot scene? Mm, is it the intro where... scene? Mm, no, 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 no. Is it the girl-on-girl action? Yes! Oh. Someone posted that on some social media site uh, that I was on, and I was just like, whatever this movie is, I need to see it ASAP. Yeah, and then you, you just backburn yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. ASAP. A year later. As soon as uh, I can. A-S-I-A-S. Don't, don't hurt A-I-C. yourself. You're, you're, good. you're good. Spelling's on a strong suit. <laughs> ASIAC. Anyway, uh, yeah. Because you have the costumes, you have the foot chase, you, you have got the belt, the belt into a staff fight. It's just, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And you know what? It, I was getting worried watching this movie. I was like, "Am I watching the right movie? We've got like 15 <laughs> minutes left here. I hope they get to that scene." And it was, it was everything I hoped it would be. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was, it's just such a good scene. But I've learned a lot about Cynthia Rothrock since then, and she's, uh, she's a pretty cool lady. Is that the white she- chick? He, 
the blonde one, yeah. Yeah. She is fantastic. Because I remember her from a movie called Yes, Madam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's weird because everyone in this movie kept calling her Madam. Mm-hmm. And I started just thinking, I was like, was Yes, Madam a sequel to this? And I just didn't <laughs> realize it. I think that was just a general th- like theme through a lot of Hong Kong cinema. Like, Yes, Madam came out before this. And I think it was just kind of like a oh. running comment or like that maybe that's what lady police officers were called yeah that's my assumption but so real quick before we really start chewing into this uh one thing Devin and i do every year we give each other 12 movies that we think the other person hasn't seen or in some cases we know the other person hasn't seen most cases and over the course of that year we have to watch them and this is one that he had given me and he loaned it to me because this is one that he owns and you saw it in my apartment. Yeah, just in the pile. And I was like, oh, you have this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's one that Devin like, is making me watch. And you're like, well, don't <laughs> watch it yet because I want to do it for the podcast. And that was months ago. That was like <laughs> February. <laughs> and uh, we're running out of 2018 here. I was hoping that we could get it in when we were doing uh, action movies last season. Yeah. But... We just had scheduling problems last season. It was hard to do anything that season. That And there's so many good action films. I mean, how could you just put it yeah. to one season? I know. It would have fit right in, like with Police Story and Hard Boiled. Yeah, this is only a year after Police Story. And I think they used the same uh, court set. I was going to say, I think it's hilarious that on the Police Story, you guys talked about how much court case stuff was happening through that movie. Yeah. And this movie almost centers around the plot of the whole court scene. Yeah. The thing I find so interesting is he's not a cop, the main character, Yoon Byu. Um, he's a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And the the plot comes in and you almost miss it because the judge is like, oh, yeah, if you kill these guys, like, we'll just, uh, you know, I'll dismiss it or whatever. I <laughs> did miss it. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I knew that, like, something went down. I was like, oh, well, clearly this went the direction he didn't want it to go in. Like, I picked that much up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had to, like, go back and start it over. I was like, I think this escalated way too out of hand too quickly. Uh, I would, if I was in his position, I would probably do the same thing. Like they're sort of like, oh, all of my witnesses are dead and their families. Guess he gets off the hook. Like, excuse me. <laughs> like we need no to look into this. They died from how bullet wounds and an explosion. Uh, this needs to be investigated before we let our perp out. Bullet wound to the temple. Just put it natural causes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like. What the fuck? <laughs> but what's the the blonde woman's name? Cynthia Rothrock. Okay, I don't know if it's the way that they shoot her, like if it's a camera angle or lens. She looks like she has the longest legs a human being's ever had. When she kicks, it looks like it's coming out of the screen. <laughs> and sometimes they just her kicks show up in other parts of the the frame, like. She'll turn around and then her legs swing in behind her somehow. And I'm just like, all right, I guess that's how legs work. I'm yeah. not really sure, but. Cynthia Rothrock's legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's short too, right? Isn't she? She's like 5'4 or something like that. Yeah. Michael J. Fox height. Yeah. Oh, wow. they'd make a cute couple. <laughs> He'd never survive. <laughs> she seems like a cool lady too on the DVD that uh, I borrowed from you. That is your DVD. There's an uh, interview with her at the end, and she just seems like a cool woman. Yeah, super laid back and like somehow stumbled into acting. Yeah, huh. she's just like, I love martial arts. And then they're like, you want to be an actress in some martial arts movies? You've won like all these competitions. Like, seems like that's how her life just went. I think I've seen an interview before, and she talks about she was worried because she doesn't know Cantonese or Mandarin. And they're like, oh, we dubbed the whole thing anyway, so it yeah. doesn't matter. 
Yeah, and that was the like the first movie that was actually recorded with sound and video in Hong Kong was Supercop. Everything oh, wow. before that was always dubbed over because they have to dub it for different regions and stuff. So I was like, oh, all right, that must be an easy gig just to flap your gums and kick your feet. <laughs> How did you watch this movie, Devin? By what means? Oh, I um, went on the you worldwide pirated it. Feathers. I uh, <laughs> maybe I don't you know. peacocked it. I peacocked it. <laughs> That and I think the translation was like somebody else did it because there was a lot of weird phrases in there. Okay, this one wasn't great. I'm gonna be honest. Well, especially at the beginning because that the beginning is dubbed. Everyone's speaking English in the beginning, right? With that New Zealand judge or whatever. Yeah, and it is very obviously not the sounds that are coming out of their mouth. Professor, you keep taking these big cases sooner. I know, but you have to do what's necessary. Deal with these low scumballs. I don't want to shit on this because I did like this movie, but the like that first scene when they're walking in the courtyard, you could see like all the tire skid marks. I was like, oh, something's gonna go down here. <laughs> this, this is not the first take they've done. <laughs> this might be the only movie where I've seen an assassin that's also an accordion player. <laughs> and he's got like a dirty Harry style magnum. <laughs> it's like a one-handed gun that has the most kick. And he's like, I'll just keep playing this poco while i shoot this person <laughs> they do that so later on uh when uh in the the woman that cynthia rothrock fights in the scene i was mentioning earlier she's concealing a weapon uh with by holding a rose and it's like okay that's that's like it's like a long hat pin looking thing and that looks believable like you might see the rose but you might not see the weapon but like that gun with the accordion it's like uh <laughs> A, I can see it, and B, you can't play accordion without both hands. Like, it's just not going to sound good. Plus, the whole opening scene, I mean, I've seen this movie a couple times. I still kind of don't get why it's even... I mean, it just shows that the the lead actor, Yoon Byu, is an action guy. But, like, he blows up a car full of people, and then he's, like, in court the next day to represent other people. (laughs) Yeah, while I was watching this, I, I was like, I feel like someone explain Dirty Harry or Death Wish really I think more appropriately to like a, a Hong Kong Kung Fu director like explain the concept like really thoroughly but the guy never actually took the time to watch it but was asked to recreate it in a Kung Fu like atmosphere because I was like this kind of has like a, a cop operating outside the confines of the law here or maybe rising on top of it if you will um, above it perhaps maybe you could say that would he be writing some of these <laughs> incorrect things but at the same time i was like this cop is already acting illegally bef- he's not a cop though he's a lawyer well, all right the, yeah the barrister <laughs> <laughs> he's already breaking the law before really the wrong has been committed i feel he's preemptively writing wrongs it's a preemptive right well i think the wrong was that his teacher professor guy was shot several times by different people in front of him so that was the first wrong that he needed to write right i thought the real wrong was like the family that got killed in their home but the family got killed after that scene yeah that's what i thought the big wrong was though well he was already kind of fed up and then that i think the family was the tipping point that he didn't like all this red tape and bureaucratic mumbo jumbo and he was just sick of those wigs yeah oh bad wigs (laughs) also uh I have a theory about the wigs. I think that they look terrible for the younger law professor or law people where the the head judge his wig looked 
full. Yeah. So I think it's like as you rise through the ranks, you get you more get a full wig. of a wig. <laughs> or they just only had like three wigs on set and... <laughs> Well, see, this is something I was thinking about is like, why have the wigs in the first place? Does it just like sort of level the playing field? Is it like a Marsha Clark situation where like nobody comes in one day with a perm and it's like it just becomes a media circus? Whereas like if everybody's wearing the same wig, you don't have to think about it. So wait, you're saying during the OJ Simpson trial, everyone should have been wearing perm wigs? Is that? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would have been fair. This is totally off topic. Can you imagine what it's like to be Marsha Clark? Like to lose that? Can you imagine that defeat? Sorry, my two cents. No, she's pissed. <laughs> I think she's still pissed. I would be. Yeah. In I want to write an exploitation film about her. Like her exact, her writing wrongs. Yeah. She hunts down O.J. Simpson. I love it. <laughs> no, but like I thought about that too with this movie where it's just like, okay, uh, Cynthia Rothrock's character, whose name is she, I think actually, right? Is that right? I think that was her last name. It was S-H-I-H. Oh. Yeah. She? Is that, uh, am I saying that right? Her first name was Cindy or something? Oh, was it? Okay. I thought so. I missed that. But she had some style. She had some 80s style. And I was like, how hard is it to be like a a cop, B on top of your martial arts game and have to go hunt for fashionable clothes? And she spoke in the movie. She spoke Cantonese and also taught that bumbling detective guy how to write specific words. I mean, she was all over it. I mean, you know, powerhouse. Depending on what version you watched, she did not deserve to die. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. But... She did go out in a pretty glorious way, though. I'll I'll give her that. She got screwed, though. No, I just noticed there's a lot of high-waisted pants in this movie. Like, I guess if you're going to kick, you can't wear lowriders. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to cinch it up tight up high. Her skirt that she wore had a really high slit so she could do kicks. I think that would also explain my uh, legs for days thing whenever she kicked. I was like, well, she is wearing pants that basically go up to her breasts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But so did he. I made a note of... When he's breaking into the apartment to kill the first bad guy, mm-hmm. did anybody notice his stealth outfit had a cardigan? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Mm-mm. It was chilly at the top of that tower. Yeah, I mean, he had his cool gloves on and his little MC Hammer pants and a cardigan. And I was just like, well, I, you know, I guess he's got whatever's lying around. Yeah. I feel like this predated MC Hammer, though. 86? Yeah. I think they should be called Above the Law Pants from now on. Ooh. <laughs> Hot take, hot take. There you go. Hashtag above the law pants. <laughs> Look for it on the worldwide peacock feathers. <laughs> Do you want me to kind of elaborate on who everybody is and how it all works out? Sure. Yeah, why not? So Yoon Byu is um, brothers, not like an actual brother, but brothers with Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. They were all part of a troupe called the Seven Little Fortunes. That's cute. Was there yeah. only three of them? No, there's seven of them. Actually, there was nine of them, but only seven would um, perform in the Peking Opera. And actually, one of their other brothers was Corey Yoon, who directed the film. And he directed a bunch of other films, too. So he, I, I guess the way that I relate it is, like, in terms of popularity, Jackie Chan's, I always kind of compare it to, like, silent film act or comedians. So, like, Jackie Chan's Charlie Chaplin, Sammo Hung's more like Buster Keaton, and then Yoon Bu is kind of like um, Harold Lloyd. He had a couple starring roles here and there, but like most of the time he was either acting with the other two or kind of did his own thing. But um, he also doubled Cynthia Rothrock in this movie a couple of times. And I oh, don't yeah. know if you guys caught it, but it is pretty spectacular when he has a dress and wig on doing flip kicks. <laughs> and I don't know why, because she's totally capable of doing all the kicks and stuff like that. But like I was pausing it during certain <laughs> sections where I'm just like, she looks a little, oh, that's Yoon Bu. Okay. <laughs> 
It was just oh. tired. It sounded like it was a grueling schedule. Oh, yeah. So why did you do silent film stars instead of like the Marx Brothers? Uh, I, Where that, I like, don't lends know itself enough to a Marx trio. Brothers enough to... I mean, th- there, were, there were more than three Marx Brothers, but there's like three main ones. Sure. Or why not the Animaniacs? Well, but there was only three Animaniacs. Yeah. But well, the, then where the would you put... Various characters in the Animaniac show, though. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Tiny Toon Adventures. How about that? <laughs> I can't even name more than the two. <laughs> I mean, it's in the title song. They're furry. They're... Do I have to play it? I'll yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, wait, we just need to, I mean. No, it's Buster Babs. Montana Max's Money. Elmira's Insane. Uh, <laughs> they're stinky and Courage. I, I think the reason I compared to um, silent film comedians is because Jackie Chan's always taking stuff from Buster Keaton. So. Mm. Yeah, he's the Charlie Shouldn't Chaplin he be the Buster Keaton then? Yeah. I guess I, it's in terms of popularity is why I compare him that way. Like mm. Everybody's heard of Charlie Chaplin. More and more people are starting here about Buster Keaton, but he's usually yeah, not Char- as famous. Charlie Chaplin's got like a couple films on the AFI, like two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas the general only first appeared on the 2007 list. The original list did not have a Buster Keaton film on it. Hmm. Which is sad because... It's also odd. Like the movie was already like 70 years old when they made the original list and they didn't deem it important enough. Mm-hmm. Sorry, little aside. Well, shame. Got some bridges to burn. I got, I, I got feelings. You that's got all. an axe to grind. That's what it Justice is. Justice for Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> if we start that hashtag, people are just going to think that Diane Keaton needs an Oscar or something. <laughs> I was thinking Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in the Michael Keaton camp. <laughs> yeah, Michael Keaton still hasn't gotten an Oscar, has he? Did he? He lost. He got nominated for Birdman. Yeah, but yeah. he lost to Eddie Remain for the theory of everything. Right. Oof, that, which, I okay. know, I sure. know. It's that Tropic Thunder. Uh... Yes, ratio. Never go for a retard. You don't buy that? Ask Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. Remember? Went for a retard. Went home empty-handed. Robert Downey Jr. got nominated. Like, the real Robert Downey oh, yeah. Jr. got nominated for that role. Mm-hmm. And for playing Charlie Chaplin. Groundbreaking. Look at these full Now circles. this is ending up in the podcast. This is supposed to be an aside. To There's going to be the a lot of bleeps floor. and cuts. and. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll just use like pinking shears for this one. We'll do real <laughs> jagged edges. <laughs> We're going to have a heavy clip show this season. <laughs> Before we get back into the mix of things, Devin, you are probably the foremost authority on kung fu movies that i know personally sure and very specifically hong kong kung fu movies Mm -hmm, seems to be mm -hmm. your niche within a niche okay yes would you care to sort of uh gloss over real quick as to why this is a genre that uh you hold so near and dear to your heart oh man i i don't know i uh they're just cool fun spectacular weird things half of it's kind of like i guess the way people like dance numbers Except these dance numbers, people hit each other, which I don't know. They call it choreography. Yeah, and I, I guess specifically through Hong Kong, you can see um, athleticism in it and like just people doing things that seem incredible without, you know, special effects and stuff like that. Sure, they had wires and stuff, but I don't know. There's just um, dedication, I guess, put into it and spectacle. Is there a specific era of Hong Kong cinema that you like? I kind of like all of it. Which is a really shitty answer, but uh, they each have their own interests, I suppose. 
Hong Kong cinema has a, a weird kind of like the golden era was more like Bruce Lee stuff and it was always set in like medieval times or more feudal stuff and then eventually like it kind of broke out of that and then Police Story kind of was actually the one that broke the mold and it had more modern stuff and like kind of um, did more cops and robbers but at the tail end of like the um, medieval type stuff which had more fantasy stuff those ones are fucking crazy they're just straight bonkers where like people are flying around it's it's crouching tiger hidden dragon but with none of the artistry and none of the subtlety (laughs) what was the one that you had me watch last year the one that's like actually a superman story oh god what was it called um it's like something of the sun yeah it's sort of like a superman story but set in like 12th century china yeah and not a lot of it makes sense but there is like lasers and flying yeah so laser kung fu i guess is a sub sub genre that i'm really a fan of. laser kung fu yeah (laughs) okay it's always entertaining and the creativity and it almost goes into like horror aspects at time where it's just so fantastical that you're just like okay that's fine that person turned into a frog and now that frog's gonna punch a hole in the moon i'm I'm fine with it the genre like i think some people call it like wire foo or something Mm -hmm. where it's like kung fu but where they like glide and fly and stuff like that that had big influence on the Wachowskis during the Matrix. Sure, yeah. And Wire Fu, I feel, was a little bit like in the 90s. So the stuff that I'm talking about, Laser Kung Fu, was more in the 80s. Wire Fu was more uh, Jet Li and like Once Upon a Time in China, if you've mm. ever seen those. So so is I know martial arts is like the big tent, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. is Kung Fu then just like a subsection of martial arts or sure how, yeah kung fu are they used interchangeably or how does that work i mean kung fu is essentially like a different style of martial arts where like karate is a different style or there's yeah because when they when they remade the karate kid with jackie chan and, and jaden smith a lot of people said they should just call this the kung fu kid because it took place in china and he t- taught him kung fu so yeah because but... karate is uh japanese yeah. japanese okay yeah I just, I don't know. When I was reading uh, Cynthia Rothrock's Wikipedia page today, yeah. I, like, I was Pretty just impressive. all the different types of martial arts mm-hmm. competitions she's won. And I was just like, I don't, I've never even heard of this. <laughs> and even through Kung Fu, I mean, there's so many different types of Kung Fu. There's Shaolin style or there's like mantis and animals and, you know. Can all... you tell the difference by watching them? Um, if you get a good one, you can, because usually they say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, this is tiger style. Or this is crane, or it's in the title of the movie. Or you get the thing where they just make the animal noise okay. <laughs> when they're attacking. So they like to help you along. I see. Do you have an animal style of uh, kung fu, Matt? I've always liked to think that I have the uh, quiet dignity of a tortoise. So whatever style of kung fu that is, defensive. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I've always found myself to be more of a of a rapid fire and then rest. <laughs> So what would that be, like a chipmunk? (laughs) Well, we're we're picking real vicious animals for our kung fu spirits. Look out. (laughs) Turtle versus squirrel. (laughs) And yet I'm somehow interested in seeing that fight. Uh, Devin, what's your spirit kung fu Um, animal? What has the most naps? (laughs) You're a house cat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There it is. Boy, we got we're assembling a real <laughs> army here. Who wants to play this game? <laughs> you know, like with Smash Brothers or something, it's always like the stupid characters like Game and Watch that are actually the best. You know, yeah. the ones that you wouldn't think are very good. I know a person who was champion of Jigglypuff, so Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Anyway. Anyway. Diverting back to the movie. 
have you guys expressed the plot or do you, does that i mean it's, uh, a little, it's a little twisty i would say it's a little twistier than say a uh hard-boiled twistier than that screw yeah oh can i Not also fair. mention melvin wong because that dude is awesome is he the chief he's the chief yeah okay. yeah i like him a lot too so i've seen him in tons of kung fu movies but he's never done martial arts He's always oh. like just a, either an authority figure or just kind of a background He's guy. He's ripped. I know. And I'm like, why don't you always do Kung Fu? Because obviously, A, you're good at it. And B, you're awesome at it. Yeah. Huh. He was great. That that whole like uh, plain warehouse construction thing was really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked all of that. Yeah. Or like when he's uh, killing the mute grandpa too. He's just, yeah. well, oh, I'll just yeah. hang him up and so he can't get to him. And yeah, he was Oof. evil. Very evil. Yeah. Even there with was- the... The pipe kill? Yeah. By the way, he like pulls it back out and just starts smoking it again, which made yeah, me wonder which... a lot about the dynamics of how that pipe knife worked. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend was a little concerned about him getting hepatitis after yeah, stabbing somebody. Right and this is so. well before the days that people were concerned with bloodborne illnesses. So. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's he's super... He's he bad. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. He bad. That first scene when the... like. Well, I guess he doesn't order the killing on the family, but I was like, ooh, that's really bad. But then, like, later when um, the boy gets killed. The thief, the kid thief? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, like, not expecting that. Do any of our main characters make it out? Because Well, it depends on which version you watched. Apparently, there's multiple endings. I- I'm going to go oh. with the version that is the, the standard version. One. The yeah, standard, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no. No, everybody dies. Yeah. Like which everybody. Is, <laughs> There's no characters we know who are alive at the end, except which is for the, the dad. Kind of the reason why I was, I was pitching it to Matt is the fact that it comes to the ending and you're just like, how's he going to get out of this? And he he doesn't. No. He, he gets out of that plane, but that doesn't really stop anything. So, I thought for sure that, it, like, I mean, I guess it's not entirely clear that he's dead. Yeah, I kind of got the implication that he may have survived. Uh, A lot of blood, though. Yeah. Mm. If you're bleeding that much and you're out in the water. Sharks. Uh He dead. Sure. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, nobody makes it in this movie. But I don't feel, like, empty Mm -hmm. in the way that some other movies that might end this way might make me feel. Maybe it was because they kind of set up the nihilism by killing that entire family where I'm like, well, nothing matters anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this subgenre of Hong Kong films, there's some really like gritty ones where you're just like, oh, no, they're not going to kill this. Okay, they're going to kill this whole thing. And Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk for a minute about, I'm sorry, what was his name of the barrister gone wild? Uh, <laughs> Yoon Bu. Yoon Bu's apartment. Oh, yeah. Mirrors on the ceiling. I mean... Um, that view was that crazy. spectacular. Yeah, the view, the crazy red coffee table. Mm-hmm. You can't watch TV during the day in there. He has a projection screen TV. On mm. glass. Mm. It, oh, yeah, because it broke. It and shattered, it it, yeah. yeah. I saw it before that fight scene happened, and I was like, is he have a flat screen TV? Yeah. No, it's 85. There's no way. And then he kicks that dude, the assassin, onto a table, pushes that table into another room yeah. in his apartment that I think is just a garden room. Yeah. It's a pretty nice apartment. Yeah. I a mean, lot of under lighting, under mm-hmm. cabinet lighting. Sure. Matt? I'm sorry. Matt? I'm just thinking of the scene where uh, Cynthia Ragnarok uh, <laughs> handcuffs all those dudes. Oh, uh, one handcuff for four dudes? Yeah! <laughs> God. God. 
she's a fucking oh. poet with those handcuffs. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of handcuff kung foolery going well, on. Well, yeah, because that plays in to when she's trying to get our barrister gone wild. And because you, you kind of get the implication that neither one of them wants to hurt each other necessarily, mm-hmm. but they will to get their goal accomplished. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene because it's such a small space to yeah. be fighting in and with a corpse that they're well, kicking around. Oh, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it was right after that. Yeah, yeah it starts with that and then they go out onto yeah. the balcony. That one is so much fun. Yeah, and how they're like leaping up staircases. Yeah, yeah, I think she does that. Yeah, they, they both do that. And I looked at it, I was like, is that really saving time? But then it would show like the other one running up. And I was like, oh, it kind of looks like it is actually saving a couple seconds. <laughs> so uh, going back to your question of why I like movies like this, <laughs> I think it's the creativity of the fights too. Yeah. Like I've seen everybody fight in every different way. I've seen people fight over seamstress utensils. I've seen people trying to pour tea for uh, each other and fighting that way. I mean, it's just the fact that they're not like, oh, let's just have two people punching each other's like, well, now they have to have the handcuffs and like, how are they going to get away with this? Let's put a corpse in the middle of this. This is like, yeah. okay, what else are you going to add to this? And every time I'm always just like, oh, this is so creative and different and unique and that never seems boring. I'm always a big fan. I mean, one of the reasons that I get sort of neutral towards something like the Avengers where it's like too big and it's like they're blasting each other with this or powers of this and blah, blah, blah. I'm always just a big fan of like fighting with like whatever objects are in an everyday space around you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like when the most exotic object is handcuffs, I like the sort of ingenuity that stems from that. Mm-hmm. Or if they're fighting with a cadaver or, yeah. you know, a lazy boy or something like that. Well, she even took that huge uh, vase or vase, if you will, mm-hmm. and threw it against the stairs so he couldn't go up the stairs. <laughs> Nothing yeah. looked heavy as shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to see a fight scene now in like a mattress store <laughs> with lots of pillows and soft things. I will get back to you, but okay. I'm sure I can think of something. See, I always want to see a fight scene in like a gym, like oh. where there's just like free weights around and, and oh. things like that. Oh, God. I think there's a Jackie Chan movie with that. I mean, with Jackie Chan, especially in Police Story, like there was the fight in a mall. So it's like. There's all sorts of little things, especially glass that they were fighting with. I do feel this movie actually pulls a little from Police Story with the parking lot car fight. Okay. That was intense too, though, because like for some reason, you don't think of cars moving fast in a parking garage. At least I don't. And the way they're driving too, there's like columns. There's usually, you know, it's like a Trader Joe's. Like it's just really tight. Parking, that's what I think of all the time. They I mean, are you, you couldn't film this in a trader's parking, though, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but it made me nervous. Like, the, for some reason, this, like. When he's stuck under the two cars and they start driving, you're yeah. like, what? How is he going to get out of At this? At first, because there's, like, a, 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 like, a. I don't know what the, the term is, but, like, some sort of shot at a distance of the cars going. Oh, yeah. The, and I was like, oh, that just looks like a dummy under there. But then it changes to where, like, it's like a camera locked to the side of the car. And I'm like, oh, no, there's still a person there. Like, yeah. The car killer cam? Yeah, yeah, he's getting dragged on the pavement. We talked about this in the police story episode, but it's like, I think this all seems like real people doing stunts. Mm-hmm. Like, these seem like... A lot of them are the same stunt people from police story oh, since yeah. you know everybody's knows each other and stuff like that, so they'd go back and forth. And then also do a thing where they'd kind of have competitions of like, oh, you guys did this with that car <laughs> stunt? We're going to try to top that, especially between Sam Hung and Jackie Chan. They were always trying to like... Okay, well, I'm going to jump off of a 12-story building, so I'll do 13. There was 
<laughs> editing in this one where I was like, ah, oh, they're not like when he jumps out of the balcony after the uh, oh the oh, hand, yeah. and it's like he jumps. I'm like, holy shit! And then it cuts and it shows him on the ground. I'm like, they didn't show. And you the can whole also thing. see the grass like bumping. yeah, like, that was a little oh damn. Some of the slow motion kind of deflated some of the nice stunts where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I can Whereas see. opposed to police story when What's-Her-Face gets thrown into the pool. Come on. <laughs> that still makes me uncomfortable to think about. No, that's yeah, like, not how you get your summer going. And she landed Ooh. on her... <laughs> yeah. Cowabunga! She, she landed it on her butt. Like, the water would just shoot right up her rectum. <laughs> I mean, she probably destroyed her pelvic floor, but... Yeah, you really have to squeeze tight for that one. <laughs> Speaking of, a lot of uh, crotch shots on the ladies in this movie. Yeah. At least three or four times there was... Well, Cynthia Ragnarok gets, like, kneed right in the the crotch. And she does it to the uh, lady assassin later, too. I can't believe you're not saying Cynthia Ragnarok. Oh, fuck. Oh. (laughs) All right, let's rewind this. (laughs) Let's Let's start start over a minute 20. Hi, I'm I'm Devin, your guest. (laughs) (laughs) Give me, like, three or four Cynthia Ragnaroks, and I'll edit it in. (laughs) But she reacts almost like how a guy reacts when getting need in the in the groin oh yeah there's a lot of cooter hits in this <laughs> like, like I, I think it hurts i'm sure i've heard i've heard it's really painful according to tina fey on 30 rock oh yeah only guys get hurt when they're hit there i'm like okay it seems reasonable it seems tender and yeah but i don't know yeah because yeah she gets need there and she like has to like step back and like catch her breath which she's already been like punched several times and like kicked in the face <laughs> and she just kept going but like anita her crush she's like hold on give me a sec <laughs> i don't know if you've ever been damaged in the groinal area oh, but like you can like it'll cause you to see stars so i imagine she's just needs to recover a roommate of mine threw his car keys at me <laughs> and it hit I just square in the nuts oh and it really was just like this slow ache that like overcame my body and like I fell on the ground and I was like, I'm actually having trouble breathing right now. Like it was bad. It was, I didn't, it'd been a long time since I'd been hit that squarely in the nuts. Did it win a film festival? <laughs> the, the if film not, guy? I think we have a pitch for next year. Yeah. <laughs> this contest is over. Give that man the $10,000. Oh, I've been waiting to have an excuse to use the film festival episode from The Simpsons. I can't believe it's taking this long. You've never worked in the Boo Earns drop or something? Nope. Oh, we're failing. I know. So wait, have you submitted more than once or is it just... Oh, no, just the one. Okay. Oh, no, I was <laughs> no, I was talking like... Uh, uh, oh, the, to this. The, the Simpsons, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that wouldn't make a bad hump film. Just like stuff to his crotch and then just like different things being thrown at someone's junk i don't want to do that no but it would definitely be in the kink category you know that they'd have to be naked well yeah it's just, i mean it's couldn't... cnb torture it's cnbt C- cbt cbt mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. with just a uh, various cock objects. and ball torture to yeah, the yeah, vanilla. yeah yeah no i got it what, what are some of the funniest things you could see being thrown at a crotch a boot yeah but what if it like antelope but what if the boot goes perfectly on the junk <laughs> Like you're actually, maybe it's like a ring toss. It's an erect penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Maybe you're trying to get the, the car keys ring around. Yes. Yeah, oh, what if we're playing horseshoes? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, man. With like an inflatable horseshoe? I mean, no, you're the one receiving real this, Real horseshoes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'll, I'll edit and narrate, but I won't. Excuse me, I have a Craigslist ad to type up. <laughs> You might get too many hits. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. 
Mm. Yeah. No, but it is nice to see um to see the ladies getting mm-hmm. getting hurt in that area too. Cuz not just Cynthia Rothrock, we also see when she's in that I guess it's a uh transit station under construction that they're fighting in. I thought it was a mall originally, but it yeah, seems it like looked- it's a I thought it was like near boat ferries or something. Yeah, it seems like some sort of industrial area. Something. Yeah. But uh, I think at one point, like one of them gets a uh, gets a need in the who the nethers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which she has no problem though doing a backflip down the bars of a stairwell, the railing. Yeah. Very elegant. Can we just talk about that scene a little bit more? Because sure. So... Yeah, this is the one that inspired you to pick this movie. It's so amazing. I had just seeing that seen out of context i'd never seen anything like it i've never seen women dress this way a fighting in a fighting sequence and, and you've watched all of rupaul's drag race yes. and it's such a good fight sequence too like there's parts where she's like where cynthia rothrock is like climbing up the bamboo uh lattice that they've got like backwards she's using her legs to pull herself up and it just looks so cool and the belt doesn't even come in until halfway through the fight and it's deadly. It's like a weapon all of a sudden. And, and then it just got me thinking, I'm like, why doesn't she have, like, earrings she can pull off and throw at her? And, like, I don't know. Like, I'm ladies' a, accessories seems like a really fertile territory for weapons. I'm a big fan of, like, the surprise weapons show up. Because yeah. it's like, oh, cool, hand-to-hand. And then, like, they're moving around or foot chase or whatever. And then it's like, oh, she's got a weapon. How's the other person going to have a weapon? And then they just made a weapon of their surroundings. It's like, oh, cool, now it's a weapon fight. How's this going to go down? So that stuff's always... On. they're not pulling punches either because i think the person she's competing with is also a martial artist yeah i don't know her as well i've seen her in a couple of things but hong kong cinema definitely had this thing of let's try to make it more international let's try to make it like a bigger broader audience so let's bring in all these other martial artists actually one of the most famous fight sequences that jackie chan had was between a guy who was an american like martial artist guy is that how they just found these people? They would just like look at competitions and bring them yeah, in and be like, oh, if you can in. do that, hey, you, you can do make... stunts. Sure. I mean, we're not watching this movie for the acting. <laughs> or the, I mean, the plot really. Either. Hey, she did a lot of stern finger pointing. So. <laughs> yeah, she had the power wag down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one, I was thinking about uh, the hills and valleys that we complained about with like Police Story and Hard Boil, where it's like the action is so dynamic that it, really makes it hard for just even okay exposition scenes to keep our attention or to keep up. And this one for me, I was like, oh, let's get on to the action, please. <laughs> yeah, the valleys were a little low. I'm with you on that. Uh, just because, especially the kicking, like these people were fucking poets with their legs. And I really just, I was getting antsy like while they were talking. I was like, I don't care. Like, just <laughs> let's just move on. Another thing with Hong Kong action films is they try to put in everything. They're like, let's put in a little humor. Let's put in a little action. Let's put in, you know, because they want everybody to go in and have every type of entertainment they want. So no matter what movie you see, you're almost seeing kind of one of every movie. So I feel like that's always kind of peppered in of like, oh, we're going to have this type of character or like this comic relief. And I will say, as much as I hated the bumbling son, I do like that he (laughs) gets a parking ticket. (laughs) But his thing was like, oh, I don't even have my license yet. And he's like trying to like adjust all his mirrors before the lady can write him a ticket. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, that's, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> stupid funny. And it just took a moment. I did not like that parking attendant. Though. Oh, she didn't. I don't know why she hated cops. What was, she was yeah, a what cop. What was her problem? <laughs> well, she was a pivotal point to the, the movie, though, because then she gave Cynthia Rothrock the idea to look at parking tickets. Oh, true. 
I kind of struggle when I talk about action movies because I get enthralled with the action bits and then immediately uninterested. Like, Hard Boiled, I think, did it pretty good. I could, I don't know, I was sucked in with that one. Mm -hmm. But with this one, I was like, unless they were kicking somebody, I was like, "Eh, come on, let's get to the next kicking scene. So sometimes, like, it's hard for me to talk about the plot of a movie like this. Sure. Well, that and it's paper thin. Bad guys are bad and screw the system. Well, except for the one police chief who ended up being bad. Yeah. Like, he was playing good, but. And I like to think that uh, Barrister Gone Bad could not have beaten that guy if not for the work that Cynthia Ragnarok put into it. There it is. Nailed go. it. Because <laughs> even though she gets screwed in the end. Oh, double. <laughs> let them all. I feel like she wore him out a little bit. Well, then she beat all his henchmen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she did a lot of leg work. Hey, oh my God. Does he even know that he's doing it? Come on. But there's like a level of irony there that Barrister Gone Bad could not have beaten the villain if not for the woman who like softened him up. Mm -hmm. And she would not be in the mess if not for him breaking the law and having to bring him to justice. Mm. So there's like a whole layer of shit there at the end that he couldn't have actually righted his the wrong if not for the person chasing him for doing the wrong to begin with yeah i like the title above the law writing wrongs i guess works too but um i think writing wrongs just stands out a little bit more because there is another above the law but the funny thing about hong kong action movies is they all have multiple titles and Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's them converting when they get put over to britain since the uk still owned hong kong for you know, the hundred years that it was making all these movies or were what? They, so then were these movies subject to the British code of deciding what's appropriate and what's not? I don't know how much Britain like helped the film industry, but they definitely had like, oh, you've made these things and they're popular. So we're going to bring them over and they would either be immediately dubbed or retitled or edited. So however, but they automatically had like another, you know, source to distribute to. So that's why they could make so many because they knew that they were going to go somewhere. Do movies get that treatment nowadays? Like China. Yeah. Yeah. I know that they get like China will get different versions of well, movies not, we make now because it does test better. That and China does a lot of um, producing now for a lot of our films. So they will. They go did over. the Meg and they did Skyscraper with The Rock. They've even done stuff for, I want to say wasn't an Avengers film, but something along those lines where they helped co-produce like some of those things so they would come out the same day oh, in okay. China as in American. I don't know how much editing's done between the two of them, but like those two markets are definitely helping. And you see a lot even in the beginning of like, oh, I don't remember that film studio. And it's like very Chinese. Yeah, because huh. like uh, Skyscraper with the Rock took place in China. Yeah. And I don't think the Meg did. I mean, I didn't see either of these movies, but... Uh, you heard at least I've heard about both these and, movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, and I know that uh, in Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. what was Tilda Swinton's character's name in that? Like the one or the chosen one or something like that. They couldn't make her character Tibetan because that would alienate the Chinese oh, censors. Yeah. interesting. So they had to change her nationality in order for it to be able to get to the Chinese market hmm. or even that uh, great wall movie with Matt Damon where everybody was pissed off of like why are you putting Matt Damon in this movie and, and it was China's decision they're like we want him because everybody likes Matt Damon in China so mm. 
So everybody was like, it's whitewashing. And they're like, no, we, we intentionally got him. So we <laughs> tried to sell the movie. The whole like Britain owning Hong Kong for so long is such a funny, <laughs> just a weird Hence thing. the wigs. The wigs. Hence the wigs. Hence why there's like Vic- Queen Victoria Bridge in the middle of like the Shushan district or something. <laughs> oh, it's just okay. like, what? Okay, fine. Yeah. That and I think they also did a lot of like, at least there's a handful of them where I see a lot of stuff being filmed in Canada. Mm, so mm. Vancouver and I don't know how that all traded out but Chinese movies being filmed in Canada yeah like Hong Kong I mean it's all like B B-roll of like just a city and it's like oh look at this downtown city it's like oh it's Vancouver yeah oh, Vancouver's a film slut <laughs> yeah uh, the battle in Seattle was largely filmed in Vancouver yeah I mean well there's uh, the Every Frame of Painting has a whole episode about Vancouver uh, every, oh, really? Vancouver or every city or every town is Vancouver but Vancouver Vancouver yeah, never plays Vancouver itself. never plays itself yeah, yeah. Film slut. <laughs> well, we've lost. Wait, Ryan. that's a website, isn't it? Film slut. Yeah. Well, don't look it up. No, I mean, don't go to the worldwide peacock feathers <laughs> to find it. What else you guys got? I don't know. I feel pretty good. I feel like I, I really liked this movie. I feel like it really would have fit in last season. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a shame that that didn't happen. It, if we would have. Three out of the five action movies that we would have done would have been Asian action movies. Mm. Um, would that have been so bad, though? That would have added to our people of color uh, statistics sure. when, when I compared us to the AFI Top 100. Which, that comparison is not 100% fair, as we can do foreign films and they can't. Mm. AFI is only American movies. True. So, you know, it's not a, a totally 100% fair comparison but we did have more people of color on there in your face afi (laughs) uh really taking it to afi (laughs) we kind of got a grudge i feel like we bring them up like we're one of those people like we don't even care about them but like we talk about them all the time oh my god we totally care we like a lot of their movies i mean who cares i hope they listen to this season i've been doing movies from my childhood mm, mm-hmm. so we did beetlejuice we did tremors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. back to the future and then whatever's coming up next week well next week is going to be episode 99 it is wow you guys are just cruising through it that's crazy yeah so if there is a movie that's nearest and dearest to my heart as a child it's going to be this one next week we're doing the little mermaid <laughs> Solid film? Uh, wow. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Uh, when we watched it during the Disney marathon a couple years ago, I'm referring to Devin now, um, right. it just, I was like, this so holds up. Like, not only is there a nostalgia rush, but I'm like, this is objectively a great movie. Can I make just a little little note? If you watched The Little Mermaid, it's pretty short. It's like 85 minutes, 90 minutes, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Try to watch the f- couple of movies that Disney put out just before that. Mm-hmm. Great Mouse Detective, which is actually pretty good, but uh, Oliver and Company. Oh, right. And, yes. and a couple others. Black and it Cauldron is and... astounding to see how far down they like lost their stride and how you know pretty perfect Little Mermaid is in terms of like story structure. Swinging. And, yeah. Now, 
and we'll talk about this next week, but really Disney kind of lost its way for a little bit and great mouse detective was them sort of being like, we think we have a winning formula. Yeah. Cause those two directors did little mermaid. They did Aladdin. Uh, right. They actually did Moana most recently. I mean, they are oh, wow. Disney gold essentially. Yeah. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Great. Thank you for coming on, Devin. Thank you for having me. Do you have any uh, things that listeners should look for you for? You guys should listen to a podcast called X-Rated Movie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I've heard it's real good. Yeah. Super entertaining. Always a delight. Those hosts. They're dumb but fun. Totally heard you saying uh, those hoes. Yeah, and I heard dump. (laughs) (laughs) Those Those hoes. Dump but fun. That's our biography line. <laughs> Do you find that on the uh, WW Peacock? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Our, our, our website is www.pf.xratedmovies.com. Follow us on Twitter where we uh, hoo, hoo about uh, <laughs> at X-Rated Movies. We've got a Facebook account where we go, oh, wah, oh, wah. <laughs> and that's rated X movies. <laughs> and if you want to us directly, that's x.rated.movies at gmail.com. This is almost like that Arrested Development where neither yeah. you know. <laughs> no one knows <laughs> what a chicken sounds like. Thank you, Devin, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you much. Uh, we'll be here next week with the Disney modern classic, The Little Mermaid. The movie's 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. Is it modern at 30? Mm-hmm. Hmm? <laughs> oh, wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> Just got you there. Oh, bye! Oh, bye! Bye!